position, there is an actual cost on the people in your organization that are doing the work. Because if you have unstaffed or understaffed teams, somebody's carrying that load. So you mentioned like burnt out seniors. And that's a big part of like, you know, you have these men late career engineers that are basically waiting on another, you know, waiting for Superman as it were. And, but like Superman is getting a better job offer somewhere else a lot faster because there's so only so many of him. And that's a real challenge or her, you know, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm going to tap into uh, diversity and inclusion in a second, because that's a real other value to this. It's like, okay, so we're all waiting on, on these engineers. And now you've got your, your current workforces degrading their speed of delivery because they're getting burnt out. And you could just hire a junior and have, uh, or a, an early career engineer and have them skill up. Like you said, even if it takes three months and you hire two of them, like you're, you're, the overall lift there is a lot more uh, to me. And it allows you to own your own talent pool as opposed to like, I mean, we've all been sort of at the whim of supply chains now for uh, a couple of years and we know what it's like for somebody else to, I mean, I've been trying to, you know, I've been trying to buy this car. This is a great example. Like for, I mean, over a year now, because we've been trying to buy a new car since my first one was born. And like, but we're at the whim of the supply chain. And so like the opening for a vehicle in our garage has literally been sitting there. Well, and, you could you could build your own car. Right, exactly. I could, you know, I could build my own car. Um, but in any case, that's, that's one part. But, and that's one benefit. And the other benefit that I think is really, really super important to call out is that most organizations, should have a diversity inclusion initiative to think about how we're balancing the tech ecosystem and creating gender parity, right? But we know that there's not gender parity in the existing tech ecosystem, which means that if you're only hiring from the existing tech ecosystem, we're, we're not creating that opportunity to create a new funnel for other talent, talent that hasn't had exposure. And, you know, that's, that's includes, you know, based on like, uh, like all sorts of factors, right? Lots of personal and 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 history and gender and demographics and stuff. Because like, I'm not just thinking about like, you know, yes, we have underrepresentation in genders. We have underrepresentations in race. We have like whole sectors of our, um, of, of people that haven't been able to enter internet tech. We've talked a little bit about convicts uh, in season one, and that's like another one. And so like, if we want to start to turn those numbers on their head, if we really want to like, like I, I, I remember way back when I had a director tell me hope is not a strategy. And like, that is so important. Hope is not a strategy. So if I want to have like a, a diversity and inclusion initiative. And so I want my, my organization to match closer to the demographics of the, um, you know, environment that I live in. I can't just hope more people will apply. I have to have a way to introduce those, to funnel those people into this field. And so that's another great way is like, you know, like bet on an entry-level engineer and train them and, and, and like, then, then that will begin to change the market shape as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. We, there, there's another benefit that I'm going to get to, but I wanted to talk about that pyramid for a second, what that looks like. Uh, if you, you know, you, everybody can think about the, the food pyramid that we learned in school, right? You end mm-hmm. up with like, like, here's this thing, you're supposed to have so much of this, etc. But if you think about like the, the workforce, and I'll be more specific to engineers as opposed to tech as a whole. But at the very top, you have like principal and lead engineers, right? In the very top of the pyramid. And then you Below that, maybe you have like senior engineers, and then below that, where it's a little bit where it's a little bit thicker, then you've got 
mid-level engineers. And then at the very bottom where the where the majority of the area is in that pyramid, you have entry-level engineers or junior right. engineers, right? So you've got this massive uh, pool to pick from. So again, you talk about diversity and inclusion. Um, super important, I absolutely agree, is that if you're going to actually deliver value in a product, you need you know, real insights when people are going to use your stuff, right? right? Not just one gender, not just one demographic. Right. And so you've got this pyramid, you've got this huge talent pool. And so many companies are not set up in a way to be able to hire those folks, to be able to give them that opportunity to, to leverage the talent pool. Right. And, and so that's, that's one thing I wanted to call out is any company that, that, that's listening that can only hire senior engineers, you've got a problem and you got to fix it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I really appreciate how explicit you were about that round. So like, it's worth repeating. Like if you're an organization that can only hire senior engineers, there's a problem and it needs to be fixed. Like, I yeah. love that. Very true. Yeah. Uh, and then the other part of that is um, another benefit to hiring early career engineers is now you can train them in the way that in which they should go. Right. So you you think of like, the patterns that you want to propagate. Yeah. If you grow your own pool, oh, here's another something that I don't know if, if if Ben can take credit for it, but I mean, I first heard it from Ben, you know, he's just a funny guy who's got lots of sayings. And he said, write the code that you want to see in the world. Yeah. Right. I don't know where it came from, you know, again, but that's the time, I, that's the first time I heard it was write the code that you want to see in the world. And I absolutely agree with it. And so if I want developers to write code a certain way or to follow good patterns, because there's more than one way to write it, but just to follow mm-hmm. good patterns and to propagate those patterns down. And then when they become a mid-level senior engineer and they start to mentor and teach, I want to make sure that they're mentoring and teaching good patterns yeah, and good process. And the way that we can ensure that is to grow those folks, right? To help them grow in their career and help them identify. Again, this goes back to what we talked about was if you don't know what a bad pattern looks like or what a, what good good and bad code looks like, you don't know. It's just the code you're writing. Right. Right. And I can say this from personal experience. You know, the first four apps that I built, garbage code. <laughs> now, they worked, but totally unsustainable. Yeah. Totally not maintainable. Right. If, I needed, if I wanted to go add a new feature, I'd have to like redesign a whole section of the application. Right. It's bad code. And I can yeah. acknowledge that. And I wrote it. But if I'm bringing someone on, I'd rather take that entry-level developer that's super hungry, hungry for knowledge, willing to learn, uh, willing to take feedback, than potentially, not all, not all senior engineers like this, but potentially a senior engineer that's heavily opinionated, that um, is basically set in their ways and said, this is the way I'm going to do it. This is the way I've learned it. And so, again, we're a strong aim for us in anything that we do is to is to have that growth mindset is to be not only be able to I want to stress it's not that we want to be able to onboard entry level developers that's our target that's one of our right. four targets right it, it's I, I love that you're calling that out too so and this is like there's so much to unpack here and and I do need to start heading out but uh I want to I just want to reemphasize a couple of things you said here first of all the last bit is ability isn't enough right like it's almost like you need an OKR around this one and or like an OKR you mentioned that pyramid and I think that's so brilliant to think about because most organizations the talent pool is is a pyramid with a fat part at the bottom 
And the job racks feels like it's a pyramid with the fat part at the top. Yeah. And so like, that's where the talent war is, is that everybody has all of these fat part of job opportunities at the top. If you're, you know, um, like you can't open LinkedIn without getting hit by six recruiters after you get a certain amount of experience. But those aren't the people that like, I mean, is an organ, that's great for me and you, but it's terrible for an organization because like, it means when we go to interview, we interview at 12 companies, we get 12 offers, we take one job. But and yet, so the, all of those other people, you know, and, and like, and, and so I, and like all the, all the other organizations are kind of stuck on it. So I think that's a brilliant thing to call out. And like, so to the extent that I think it's important, we said is it's not just to be able to, it's about having intentionality around shaping your workforce and making it a priority to hire from where the job pool is the largest and being able to onboard those people and make them effective in your organization. Um, really, really important. I'll pause there. Cause I, I know you had something to say and I want to call out two other things. Yeah, no, I was just going to uh, jump on the idea that right, exactly, that's exactly right. As a junior early entry, early career developer, you can't get recruiters to talk to you. You can't get interviews. It's extremely difficult. As a mid to senior level developer, oh my gosh, you have so much hitting you up. And that's not like, not, it's not bragging. It's actually yeah. a problem. It's a right. problem that, that me or you can get or other senior developers can get uh pinged so much by multiple different companies you start interviewing at 10 different companies well guess what you can only work at one i mean right suppose if you wanted to you could work too but that's not that's not that's not reality right you can only right. work at one so guess what all those other companies they've Back just they've just wasted so much time right i mean whether they consider it wasted or not i do if mm -hmm. it's if it's my company i'm not going to go waste my time and compete let's say with 10 other companies and then here's another problem, right? Is that now this, this engineer says, hey, you know, I want to go work for your company. And realistically, I know my budget. And my budget is from A to B. Mm -hmm. But the engineer says, hey, I really want to go work for your company, but I need you to go B++, right? right. You, you need to go above and beyond. And But my budget is fixed, right? We're, ultimately, you're running a company. Right. Just the way you're running a household, right? If your budget for that new car that you just talked about, let's say it's it's X. Mm -hmm. and but then you go to the dealership and they're like hey we've got that car but you know we want you to play you know pay x put x plus b right or x plus plus and yeah. you're like but but this is my budget this is where right. i sit well you could make the decision to go above your budget but you set your budget for a reason right it's right. because that's what's reasonable so you go and you get that one senior engineer for x plus plus or you get two engineers. Okay, so I'll give a real realistic number, right? As a senior engineer, you might make, you know, 165, 185, 195, whatever, really high. Mm -hmm. And he's only going to do, or he or she is only going to be able to do really one person's role. I mean, sure, they're, they're competent and all that good stuff. Or I could also give back. I could pay it forward and say I can get two early career engineers for a more reasonable entry-level market. And again, I want to stress that this is more about opportunity than budget, right? And because we're talking about giving back, then I have an opportunity here. And I, I can make the decision to go after two early career developers that are super hungry, want to learn, and nobody else is giving them a chance. So if we can give them a chance, let's do it. Yeah. And so, and I love that. And I think there's a great transition point for the next thing that I want to talk about. And you, cause you've hit on it twice now in talking is that the thing that we actually haven't talked about here is that 
if you're going to hire entry-level organ engineers, the other piece is that you have to be a training and learning organization. And that to me, Ram, is the perfect place to stop because I think that is a great conversation for us to have next time. And a, a really long conversation, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks. This was fun. Um, I enjoy talking about... Um, it's this, is, this was kind of a continued conversation of building the team. Things yeah. that are important to us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and important as we think about how we're going to build that team because we do plan on adding people. So important for us to talk through being intentional about targeting entry-level engineers that, or early career engineers that, um, you know, can, can come in and do good and that we can help them reach their next level. Yeah. I'm excited. Awesome. Well, thanks a ton, Ram. I got to run. All right. See you. Bye.